Welcome everyone to a special episode of the Curious Mind podcast where I look back on eight years of working with expats as a therapist for individuals and couples. I started working with expats when I moved to Tbilisi in Georgia and it helped me a lot that I was raised as a third culture kid myself. My parents were born in Georgia actually, started the family in Israel where I was born and then we moved to Germany, where I grew up largely and completed my university studies. After I graduated in psychology, I worked for the industry for two years as a communication consultant and then started working as a clinical psychologist. So my clients in Georgia were mostly working in government and non-government organizations. And it was very interesting for me to see that similar issues were quite widespread. But before I come to the similarities, I also want to emphasize how amazing and different the individuals are that I got to work with. There is a quality of working with expats that I wouldn't want to miss. They come from all ways of life, from all continents, professions, and all sorts of orientations. They are typically very motivated, smart and are able to reflect their life in a complexity that my approach requires. This versatility is still fascinating to me today, and I could have never experienced that by working just with local populations. But leaving that aside, expats have their own specific struggles, both as individuals and as couples. I already did a podcast episode, actually, on mixed expat couples. I'll put the link in the description below. So here I will focus on uh, individuals and general observations. The most basic similarity among us expats, and I'm an expat myself, is that the unfamiliarity with our environment makes us more self-conscious and dependent on people who can help us out. The alienation of living in another country is of course increased when there is a lack of language skills, if we look differently, if we come from a different culture, religion, or continent. Another mediating factor is if we have many unavoidable contact points or interfaces with a foreign culture. For example, do you work remotely with an international company or do you work with a local one? Do you depend a lot on local administration for permits, visas, and so on? Do you have to interact with local schools or universities who maybe cannot facilitate services that you expect? Can you minimize the tasks you have to do in the local language through paid services or maybe a partner or friend who speaks the local language fluently? Do you have enough money to organize translators nannies, education, etc. in English or even your local language. All this determines how much actual stress from being a foreigner we have to endure. This heightened self-consciousness I mentioned has three detrimental consequences. One, stress. Second is selective perception. And third is misinterpretation and projection. Regarding the first one, over the past decades, stress has been found to be the major contributor for mental issues, especially if it's not a 
welcome activation kind of stress, but an unwanted one. Basic rule of thumb is that no matter how balanced, educated, well-resourced materially and socially we are, with enough stress or traumatic events, anyone can be pushed into a mental illness. A consequence of this default stress of expats should be that we actively keep track of our stress levels and make sure that we counterbalance our social alienation with friendships and connecting with a sense of home, no matter if it's a place, people, or a state of mind. To the second point, what I mean with selective perception is that we foreigners easily focus on apparent differences to our own culture and overemphasize them in our minds. For example, living in Poland, we could be easily led to believe that Poles are rather unfriendly, complain a lot, and drink too much vodka, the typical cliches. And then, whenever we walk around, our minds would pick people and experiences which fit our preconceived notions. We would notice the drunkard, the homeless person on the street, or a random passerby who doesn't smile, and we tell ourselves and our friends, see, again, a typical example for Poles. In fact, we can get so focused on confirming our biases that we completely ignore the friendly, smiling pedestrians. Plus, we ignore the fact that A, we don't know the cultural clues, and B, that in our own home culture, there are also many rude and unfriendly people we just got used to and we don't recognize anymore. And so this selective perception leads to the third point of misinterpretation and projection, or in other words, distrust and suspiciousness. So for example, I believe that my neighbors are observing me because I'm a foreigner. Now, that in itself would not even be that surprising. In many cultures, foreigners are exotic, and we like to chit-chat about them. But the suspicion of bad intent is probably not justified. After all, neighbors are often annoying, no matter where we live. Still, like the first two points of stress and selective attention, we also need to keep misinterpretation in mind and actively do something against these points so that they don't make us grouchy and miserable in our expat life. Like I said in the beginning, many foreigners and expats have difficulties that result from these general issues. Additionally, our expat life makes us more self-aware in another way. It makes us ask the question, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to continue moving or stay here? Do I want to find another work or do something entirely different? Of course, locals can have the same questions, but in my experience, as a local, more time passes before these questions come up. Uh, as locals, we are comfortable in our culture, and time flies while we do our jobs, hang out with friends, and spend time with the family. Expats, on the other hand, have more often to contemplate where and how they want to live and if their choices are good ones. While these are actually proper questions that we should deal with every once in a while, 
it is not healthy to ask them constantly. It makes us doubt in ourselves, and we might be dissatisfied because we think that we too often postpone important decisions and questions that decide our future and quality of life. This is why, over time, I have developed a twofold approach to work with my clients. One is to work with the unconscious, so that clients can get a better understanding of themselves, better understand what they need and which priority, and how to resolve the multiple conflicts in their lives. And the second is a Buddhism-related toolset of letting go, looking at the problem from different perspectives, and dehypnotize, as I like to call it, to dehypnotize myself from the habitual view that held me under its spell. Additionally, more than other clients, expats, at least in my experience, benefit from three interconnected principles in therapy. First, a radical honesty towards myself regarding my state of mind and my life circumstances. Second, the readiness to go to whichever conclusions this honesty leads me to. And third, to engage in this process with a general attitude of self-care and kindness. There is also an interesting distribution of issues when it comes to expats. Very broadly speaking, I would distinguish three kinds of issues. The first, listlessness, fatigue, lack of motivation, lack of perspective, lack of joy. So everything that belongs to a depressive cluster. Second, anxiety. And third is relationship issues. Among those three, a clear majority suffers from depressive symptoms, often in the form of life questions like, I don't know what I want to do anymore, or I don't know which direction to take my life, or I see myself going through the motion, but I don't enjoy it anymore. Often enough, unfortunately, this is experienced by co-traveling wives who work in the household or as volunteers or simple jobs, but don't get the validation that a career job automatically brings. But of course, also breadwinners suffer from a lack of purpose, especially in their 40s. The second kind of issue that is quite common are relationship issues. Both in mixed expat couples, which consist of a local and a foreigner, and in expect couples where both are foreigners. In itself, this is not surprising, as relationship issues are generally common. What is specific to expats, however, is that the relationship issues are highlighted by a relative social isolation of the family. Good friends and family can be far away, or are expats themselves, who move away more often than we like, and then we're in the same position as we were before and have to find new friends. Let me end with a word of caution. Studies by the World Health Organization and others have shown that the longer a mental issue persists, the more difficult is also the treatment. This is true both for depression and anxieties. And generally, people try to manage too long without treatment often for years, before getting professional support. As it is even with much simpler aspects of life, 
like a house or a computer, a regular maintenance and prevention makes much more sense than to wait before things completely fall apart. So if you know someone who struggles with their mental health, advise them not to wait for a long time before seeking help. Especially in the beginning, this can be through a therapeutic book or a self-help book or self-help groups. But if the issues are more persistent or serious, then it's time to seek out a therapist. Even more, this is true for relationships. One of the tragic aspects of my work is that too often couples only come to me when too much damage has already been done to the relationship. Somehow they then expect that a professional can fix it or change the partner. And of course, this is unrealistic and couples would be much better advised to do a checkup regularly rather than to wait until serious scars have reduced love, understanding and empathy in the relationship. Still, I can end on a positive note. As I mentioned at the beginning, expats are often well-educated, motivated, and self-reflective. So where locals under similar circumstances with similar issues like depression or anxiety would struggle for a longer time, I found that my approach of solution-focused short-term therapy is well taken advantage of by expat individuals. And so I continue and like to continue to support them.